Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, Resisting Lockdown, The Trace Force, and COVID Coercion. Why? Well, because we saw the development and almost the deployment of the Trace Force within two weeks. You have a Hillary Clinton literally talking about making sure this crisis does not go to waste. You've got governors working with foreign countries to make sure we're locked down. Yeah, there's a lot of different things going on in the world these days and on our own nation. And we get into that and more in this edition. But first, a few quick updates. If you guys didn't listen to the previous two episodes we did with Dr. Stephanie Grutz and David Nino Rodriguez, you're missing out. We took that intentional break to break down what's actually happening in the background and why it's important that people seek out information and know that there is an alternative to this. We've just got to do the work to get the message out there. Also, the minicast we did this week, Contact Tracers and Cloud Chasers, that is available, parts one and two. Myself and with you. You can find that link in the description bar below or on the episode article attached with the website. With that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Moisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1017, season 10, episode 17. Unfortunately, I am not joined by a fantastic guest, unless you consider yourself fantastic. No, not this week. This week, it's me and you. We've got a lot of different things to talk about, from contact tracing to to Bill Clinton to the governors and more. We have a lot of different things to talk to you guys about. Next week, though, that might be a different situation. A lot of different things coming down the pipeline to paint the perspective of the reality that we've now found ourselves somewhat trapped in. Yeah, I won't lie to you, gang. It is getting crazy out there, but I don't have to lie to you. I think that's the importance about this gig. The truth and how that is the crux, the linchpin, and the focal point of everything we do. You know, I won't lie to you, ladies and gentlemen feeling a little bit grimy today could be the fact that i haven't talked to you guys for almost two to three weeks directly the instagram lives are cool i love chit chatting with you guys and i love having even a moment's time to explain these things but there's something about the podcast where we're able to get our thoughts out a little bit more coherently we're able to explain things in depth i think what i'm trying to say is i missed you guys and in missing you guys I also am beginning to understand the importance of the role that we are playing, the position that we have been put in, and the duties that have been ascribed to us. And this is something that you guys hear me talk time and time again about how these different waves, these different phases, these, these, these moments that we enter into, how they are either growing points or, uh, or, 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 or constrictive points, and this is truly a growing point. 
I'm telling you guys all the time about the people with the blue check marks, the letters in front of their names and letters behind their names, PhDs, uh, masters, you know, <laughs> bachelors, all kinds of people. Doc, like there's a lot of people in our DMs these days because we're putting out some of the best information we've done. We're putting out some of our best work these days. And I really think people, I think people understand that. And I think we're beginning to see that happen as well. Uh, there's a lot of different things going on this week. You guys have heard me talk about how Billy Carson has launched uh, launched his new platform, Unite the 99. You can find us there as well as some of our episodes. Uh, and that led us into discussing with you guys over Instagram Live the importance of divesting from mainstream social media, a message that was echoed by... Uh, or if anything, championed by Carrie Wedler of the anti-media when we had her on a couple years ago. We're now seeing the importance of that, of having our own platforms to have these type of discussions, having our own infrastructure where we can communicate because we're seeing uh, censorship, we're seeing misinformation, radicalization, and so many other things. And so it is becoming increasingly imperative and important that we create a network of our own. I'm trying to readjust what we're doing with the exclusive membership program because I want to create the same way that Billy Carson did, our own social media platform, not specifically for Freedom Faction, but for what we're doing for you, the audience, for the people that watch our Instagram lives, for the people that comment on our pages, uh, that comment on Twitter, right? It's getting to a point where we have got to, again, diversify the information because you guys deserve it. I'm a one man, I'm a one man show over here. All this analysis, all these strategies, all these things you, you guys see me coming up with. These are the revelations I come up with at the, after focusing on all these data points and, and, and coming up with an answer. What I'm trying to tell you guys is that we are in hist historic times, prophetic times, however you want to look at it. And we do not have the luxury of laziness. That is not a blessing bestowed upon us. No, our days are ones that are, 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 are arduous, are hard, are strong, are worthy, are meaningful, and more. And I want to say, again, just thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for being here with us as we take care of these things, as we do this work. I'll say this, and I'll uh, fly through some of the updates and then talk about some of the topics we'll be getting into realize that basically within the span of a month we now have we've, we've gained 25,000 followers in April uh, unfortunately when we heard about my grandfather passing away and, and, and Taylor Kopp of Social Emotions and the Atlantis Connection also passing away we were at 250,000 followers it is now uh, May 14th and we were at 275,000 followers. And I think we're going to break that problem because we're going to be talking about uh, Dr. Mikovic, one of the banned doctors in the movie Plandemic, where she exposes Dr. Anthony Fauci for spewing propaganda. So what I'm trying to say is thank you for helping us have the followers. It's never been about that. We've never really cared about the traffic and all this. It's about how, how can we get the message out there? Are people being aware of these things? You heard me talk about this this week on the Instagram Live, that we are indeed being allowed to operate by the social engineers and the technocrats on, at, at the top, 
on high. And whether or not that is or is not the case does not matter. What does matter is doing the work. What does matter is making sure people are aware that they can affect things, that they can do, that they can affect change. You see, it's not all bad. We've got to understand that's how these things work. We've been so belittled and weakened that we don't understand hard work, commitment, consistency, power, drive, focus, and more. That's what, is a, that's what the reward is. That's where you find success. I'll say this and we'll get into things. And you're going to hear us talk about this a lot more in the coming future. But they better respect our existence or expect resistance. And with that being said... Let's start the show. If you can't tell, I get kind of fired up not talking to you guys for a couple weeks. I'm uh, bouncing off the walls in my local community. I don't want to talk. I, I feel like I should talk about it, but I don't want to talk about some of the things I'm doing because in this inverted world we're in these days, I'm considered a criminal for wanting to take back our freedoms. I'm considered a criminal for wanting people to get back to work. Like Joy Behar said, she called those people terrorists for fighting for their liberties. There's a very, very interesting psychological development taking place in society with the coronavirus in this overly politicized and polarized nation of ours. Very, very interesting to see. But don't worry, we won't Lead your ears another time talking about and, and obsessing over the coronavirus. Uh, here are a few topics we're going to be talking about in this segment. Resisting lockdown. Uh, a police officer blowing the whistle on the COVID tyranny. Uh, the protests taking place in Michigan. Other sheriffs saying that they won't enforce the business shutdown. Uh, why we're literally talking about reopening America and how some people didn't even reopen or it didn't even close down. I'm in New Mexico. Uh, we are one of the 18 out of 50 states with, the stri- with, with some of the tightest restrictions. Our governor has a personal vendetta against Donald Trump. And people are losing their lives because of it. So let's get into this. Let's start talking about the concept of resisting lockdown. I'm going to play for you guys a real quick clip that has been going viral and I think you may have already seen it. It currently has 93,000 views on our Instagram TV page. It is titled uh, Police Officer Blows the Whistle on COVID Tyranny, urges other law enforcement officers to resist the illegal and unconstitutional orders. Now, before I play for you guys this quick clip, I want to say this because I saw, I didn't get around to posting it, but I saw this video in Canada of multiple police officers going in to remove an individual from his house peacefully. And we're going to begin to see more of that. So when I say respect our existence or expect resistance, it's things like this uh, that I'm talking about. So here, let me play for you guys this quick clip. This is of Officer Anderson. He put this up literally last week. He's been fired for doing so. Uh, But like I said, I won't play it in its entirety. But let's take a listen. You know, as a police officer, I'm compelled to make this video. I've been in law enforcement for 10 years. And I'm speaking to my peers, other fellow officers, people in any kind of law enforcement position. Um, Seeing officers nationwide enforcing tyrannical orders against the people. 
and I'm hoping I'm hoping it's a minority of officers, but I'm not sure anymore because every time I turn on the television, every time I turn I look to the internet, I'm seeing people arrested or cited for going to church, for traveling on the roadways, for going surfing, opening their businesses, going to the park with their families, um, or doing nails out of their out of their own house using their own house as a place of business and having undercover agents go there and arrest them and charge them with with what with a crime i don't i don't know what crime people are committing by doing nails in their own house but we're seeing this more and more and more and uh we need to start looking at ourselves as officers and thinking is what I'm doing right? Now, I want to remind you that regardless of where you stand on the coronavirus, we don't have the authority to do those things to people just because a mayor or a governor tells you otherwise. Uh, and I don't care if it's your sergeant or your chief of police. We don't get to violate people's constitutional rights because somebody in our chain of command tells us otherwise. It's not how this country works. Um, those are de facto arrests, you know? We're violating people's rights and, and, and taking money from them or even worse, arresting them and depriving them of their freedom when they are exercising their constitutional rights. So let's, let's talk about that. Um, let's, let's read something right here off of the Declaration of Independence. All men are created equal. Among these, we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their power from the consent of the governed. Meaning, their, our power, and any government official's power is derived from the people. Okay? That's we right. don't hold power over our citizens. That's right. And that's what I think a lot of people are experiencing right now. A lot of people are having a hardcore and quick and much needed lesson in civics. Learning where, learning the importance of your local government, state government, federal, learning all the different things like this. Learning that, hey, you have rights. I know it may not seem like it in this authoritarian dictatorship that we're living under, but you have rights. I'll put the full clip, the, the link for that, in the description bar below if you guys want to check it out. But you understand what's going on. That officer was actually <laughs> fired for speaking the truth. That's the crazy thing about where we're at these days. He literally got fired for speaking out. It's like his, off, his, his commanding officers said like a couple hours earlier, three, I think at five, 5 o'clock in the morning, they said, hey, this is pretty good. We like that you did this. A couple hours later, they said, hey, you need to take this down couple hours after that they were like hey this is reaching 700,000 views you've got to take this down he didn't take it down he got canned he got canned because that's not the narrative you better not give people hope you better not tell them of what's coming you know and I had this thought earlier today like I was trying to say earlier when I was watching those two cops uh, in Canada begin to remove an individual from his house the very same thing is going to happen with these officers. That's We're going to see a civil war. You've got to think about it. Right now, you have patriotic 
I don't want to say good old boys because that sounds like some racist stuff, but you have good old-fashioned patriotic people who are down-to-earth Americans who care about their fellow neighbor who know what's going on. What's going to happen? And I'm just throwing this out there. What's going to happen? You start getting people in from foreign countries who have vendettas against Americans who would love to rob them of their rights, rob them of their patriotism, rob them of their pride. Remember, like in January, the start of this year, we talked about the U.N. hiring uh, uh, English-speaking disarmament officers. Do you see the, 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 where the geopolitical stage is being set right now? So to have a police officer literally be shot down for speaking the truth that is not only coming from the hearts and minds of the people that he's actually serving, but of this so-called brotherhood, these oath keepers, all of these, the, the, the blue line, right? They're all thinking the same thing. But you see, those, other, those orders, they come on down from top. Let's continue on. Let me read this article that comes from Activist Post. We put this up May 11th. It says, Pennsylvania sheriffs say they won't enforce business shutdowns. Wow. Because they actually want to build trust with their community. They don't treat their civilians like children. Let me get into this. It says Cumberland County Sheriff Ronnie Anderson says, quote, I have no intentions of turning local businesses into criminals. Resistance is growing against unconstitutional orders from Democrat governors around the country. Pennsylvania sheriffs are denouncing Governor Tom Wolf's orders to turn business owners into criminals. Local media reports that two local sheriffs say they won't enforce the Pennsylvania governor's COVID-19 mitigation measures. Uh, mitigation measures. Sheriff John Zeckman of, of Snyder County and Aaron or Ernie Ritter of Union County say they won't help the governor turn business owners into criminals because that's exactly what's happening. Uh, Cumberland County Sheriff Ronnie Anderson made a popular Facebook post that assured citizens that the sheriff, the sheriff office would not enforce any order that violates the Constitution. Sheriff Anderson said in part that, quote, our office will stand with the citizens in our defense of all of our constitutional rights. I have no intentions of turning local business owners into criminals. The Perry, the Perry County Sheriff's Office made a similar post. Resistance to tyranny starts at the local level. America will not be conquered without a fight. And here, let me play for you guys this clip, and then we'll continue on. And the Cumberland County Sheriff's Office says it will not enforce state-ordered business closures. In a message posted on its Facebook page, Republican Sheriff Ronnie Anderson says in part, our office will stand with the citizens in defense of all of our constitutional rights. The Post also says Sheriff Anderson has stated he has, quote, no intentions on ter of turning local business owners into criminals. Yeah. And the Cumberland. Because these are the days that we are in. These are the days that we are in. Another perfect example of this was last week <laughs> where they jailed a salon owner. That's right. They jailed a 46-year-old woman, Shelly Luther, 46-year-old salon owner. Because it's cool, right? You better not fight back. You better not open up a salon. You better not have your, you know what, here, let me go ahead and get the clip up for you. I think it would be better to, to, to see this play out. This is why we followed the story right here. It all happened within a week that she was jailed for $7,000. She had to spend seven days in jail pay $7,000 fine. That didn't happen. Texas governor got her out. She got a GoFundMe, raised a quarter of a million, a quarter of a million dollars, got out. Right here, the last uh, Dallas 
salon owner sentenced to seven days in jail, hit with thousands in fines for refusing to close. We put this up May 5th. Let's listen. In Dallas with this breaking news and a lot of reaction to this already in a short time, Andrea. You can see Shelly Luther's supporters here behind me hearing from her attorney at this moment. She was taken into custody here within the last half hour. She was sentenced by the judge to seven days in jail uh, for criminal and for civil contempt. She was also fined $7,000. The judge found that she continued to operate her hair salon in violation of the governor's order and in violation of a restraining order from the court. The judge told her he would consider not giving her jail time if she agreed to close her salon until the governor allowed it to open. And if she admitted that she was wrong, that she was selfish, and that she should apologize to the elected officials whose orders she violated. I believe we have her response. I have to disagree with you, sir, when you say that I'm selfish. Because eating my kids is not selfish. In Dallas with this breaking news. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll let you go. If you guys that what they what the judge said is oh we'll let you go we'll drop the charges everything will be cool all you have to do is admit you were wrong and being selfish we'll let you go if you grovel to the system give us give us that energy tell us that you were wrong we know we are crooked people tell us tell us how you were wrong we don't want to admit that what we're doing goes against the law goes against the constitution and goes against everything grovel you tell us that you were wrong and then a couple days later after that right here it comes from activist post again jailed to lawn owner freed by texas supreme court raises five hundred thousand dollars from the gofundme donations we put this up may 7th it says texas salon owner shelly luther has been ordered to be released by the state supreme court after she stood up to a judge who called her quote selfish for keeping her business open during the statewide coronavirus lockdown before sentencing her to seven days in jail before sentencing the 46 year old luther judge eric v moye of the 14th civil district court in dallas county said she acted selfishly when she resumed operations and demanded that she apologize to elected officials whose orders she disobeyed Moyer, who must moonlight as an epidemiologist, said that the citizens must obey orders until a vaccine is found. Quote, failure to do so will only have catastrophic consequences, he said, adding that, quote, and those reach far beyond the uh, existences of one family or one business. Luther pushed back, saying in the now viral video, quote, I have to I have to disagree with you, sir. When you say that I'm selfish because feeding my kid is not selfish, uh, She's right, adding that, quote, so, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision. But I am not going to shut down. In response, Governor Greg Abbott, whose order Luther violated in Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, said the sentence was excessive and called for her immediate release.
Now, the last time I was with you guys, I talked about how there were going to have to be casualties, consequences. But you see, this is what we were talking about. These are one of those consequences where things turned out all right in the favor. It won't be like that for everybody, but we have to understand certain sacrifices have to be made to get the point across. And guess what? Just like that, we're beginning to reopen. The same way whenever we pull funding from the CDC and the World Health Organization, they're beginning to start talking straight, <laughs> not playing any more of that bull crap. But you see, that's what I'm saying. We have to understand that resisting the lockdown is part of the process, and that's why they're already talking about a wave. But we'll talk about that in a, another segment. Let's get back to resisting the lockdown right here. Armed militia to protest Michigan stay-at-home orders. We put this up May 13th. comes from the Judge Report feed. And it says right-wing militia groups in Michigan plan a rally at the state capitol building on Thursday, that's today, to protest Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer's stay-at-home orders that she put into place to slow the deadly spread of the coronavirus pandemic. Thursday's demonstrations will be the latest in a series of protests that started as a demonstration against the lockdown policy but are now generating fears of an eruption of political violence. The state is currently investigating what the Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel characterized on Monday as, quote, credible threats against state and Democratic politicians. Her comments, her comments followed a report of threats of violence on white ring social media pages. Now, before I continue on, I just have to say that this is a tactic of both Antifa. I don't want to Antifa, the left Democrats, all these different type of people. The very same thing happened at a reopen New Mexico protest here where they said, oh, we started getting phone calls about bomb threats, about uh, we're going to show up at your house and kill you. you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do all these degenerate scumbaggery things. All the things that we've talked about Antifa doing, that we've seen them do, taking bike locks to people's heads, uh, chasing til- children with t- uh, tasers, yelling at old people. These are the exact tactics that they engage in. They're just doing it over the phone. Uh, and using right-wing protests as the cover to do so. So here, uh, let me continue on, getting back into this article. It says, residents posting in the Michigan Michiganders Against Excessive Quarantine Facebook page called for Whitmer's assassination. Quote, wonder how long till she hits, till she's hit with a shotgun blast, one wrote. Another said that they hope Thursday's protesters are, quote, armed to the teeth because, quote, voting is too late. Dramatic, uh, dramatic images from a 30th April protest showed militia members carrying assault rifles while glaring and shouting from the galleries of the state legislator as an emotional debate over extending a stay-at-home order took place. In response, a black lawmaker last week came to Michigan's capital with an escort of armed black citizens. Few states have been hit harder by the pandemic than Michigan. Wayne County which holds the city of Detroit has recorded some of the U.S.'s highest rates of infection. Whitmer has instituted some of the country's strictest emergency orders in order to control the virus's spread. Yeah, one of the one of those strict orders was saying, no, you can't you can't uh, <laughs> plant seeds. If you go to Walmart, you go to any one of these big box stores, and you want to have seeds to, I don't know, grow a garden during this pandemic time to de-stress, you can't do that because, well, it'll spread the virus. Continue on and getting back into this. This says polls have consistently shown that the state's residents approve by a wide margin of how she's managed the crisis. 
However, some residents of rural counties contend they shouldn't be subjected to the orders because the infection rates in their communities are relatively low. But that message has frequently gotten lost as demonstrations turned into a flashpoint in the bitter debate over gun rights and a forum for making political statements and threats against Democrats. Yeah, we're, and I think that's one of the things that I'm worried about when I see all this is because I'm, um, I'm glad to see people taking their freedoms back, but you have to understand we have a mockingbird media that has been controlled by the CIA that is designed to manufacture people's consent. You see, so when you have people going up there, carrying guns, trying to get a, a point across, guns should never be used as, 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 as a first means. That's a last means. Violence and, and, and the threat of violence should always be used as a last means. If you, can't get, if you can't get your point across verbally uh, or unemotionally, if you can't do these things, then it's probably not something that will get the right attention. I hope that came out the right way. What I'm trying to say is don't beat up your opposition. Let your opposition either hang themselves or, 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 or come at it basically a different way. I'm saying this is going to be a black mark on the patriotic movement, on the freedom movement, because they're going to think, what are these people doing? Like Joey Behar said a couple months ago, Look at these terrorists. You've got to think about the optics of these things. But because we're already on this kind of trajectory of having the reopen America and the reopen these, these reopen protests, there's a there's a kind of image and narrative going out, which 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 I'm very very uh, which I'm just very very cautious to see happen. That's all I'm trying to say uh, with with what with what's going on with how things are. <laughs> laid out right now, we should just be very, very cautious of showing up to protests with guns, you know, even if it is for this reason. Yes, everybody wants to get back to work. We're all hurting, but we should just be very cautious uh, about how this will go down. But here, continuing on, looking more at the resisting lockdown, Michigan's over there getting getting lit right here. Now, this comes from The Blaze. It's by David... Dave Urbanski, they put this up May 11th, it says Michigan militia, Michigan militia members say they won't allow police to arrest a 77-year-old barber defying the Democratic Governor Whitmer's shutdown order. So the same way that you have Shelley Luther opening up her salon in Texas saying, hey, I got to feed my kids. You got this 77-year-old man in, in, in Michigan where they already have the Michiganders against these, these lockdown orders trying to expand this you see and is and is that what it's going to take so again i have to ask the, i have to make this statement will they respect our existence or are they going to have to expect resistance let me play this clip and then i'll read the article it is day six of Owasso barber Carl Menke defying the governor's orders and opening his shop. As you can see, dozens of people are still gathering outside the business to show support. This morning, there was a line of more than 15 customers outside the door. Menke has received two citations so far from police. Members of the Michigan militia say they will take action to keep Menke from going to jail. And yesterday, six uh, troopers came in uh, to enforce uh, the governor's uh, order or to uh, issue a, a cease and desist order. And uh, so we are here today to make sure he does not get arrested. We are willing to stand in front of that door and, and block the entrance. So, yeah, the police will have no entry there today. That's right. 
an associate pastor in I like that. I like that. That's why I actually played for you guys a clip of Officer Anderson saying, hey, look, we get our power. A law enforcement official, a law enforcement officer saying, hey, we get our power from the people. Not the other way around. But that's what we have to keep doing. We have to have moments like this where we have this contest of this, this battle of attrition. Right, where we wear people down, where we keep calling out their bluff, exposing them left and right, showing how they are these authoritarian and dictatorial people, these petty dictators, you see, these, 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 many, uh, <laughs> these many authoritarians. But don't worry, these petty dictators will get exposed. That's how all of this goes down. Now, to continue explaining how all of this works, the sophisticated trap and the and the, and the forty chess or whatever the heck's going on uh, with all of this, right? Now, while I am saying that we do have to fight back, we do have to try to take our freedoms back. There will be consequences, um, and what I'm trying to say is we will get things reopened to a degree. That's why they're trying to reopen it in different phases, but because of doing so, it'll come with consequences. And what kind of consequences do I mean? Right here, bars and restaurants are allowed to reopen if they agree to snitch on their customers, right? Let me play for you guys this little quick clip. It basically talks about how just different states from Texas to Louisiana to Missouri are all working on a program to do just that, to create a targeted list tracking you, the surveillance state on, on steroids, COVID-1984, creating a list of customers it's 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 crazy here let me play for you guys this clip and then we'll get into more Thanks. good evening everyone i'm katie moore sharice and karen are both working remotely tonight well it'll be a different world when businesses begin to reopen after the stay-at-home order expires and one proposal that's being considered is keeping track of everyone who comes into an establishment erica ferrando explains it just seems like Kind of like after Katrina, every week is some new challenge that you're dealing with. Rusty White owns the Wrong Iron, which right now is closed, and Velvet Cactus offering curbside pickup. We'll do whatever it takes to, <laughs> to get back open. Right now, we're still under the stay-at-home order, but once we start to come out of that, New Orleans Mayor Latoya Cantrell wants every business to keep a record of every person who enters their establishment. This will help the Louisiana Department of Health track who a sick person may have come into contact with, a process called contact tracing. Making sure you can follow people who have either been exposed to COVID or had COVID. A spokesperson with the city of New Orleans sent us this statement. Details are still being worked out, but businesses will be expected to play a role and have a plan in place to help track employees and clients in their space. They absolutely want to do their part in order to reopen safely for both their employees uh, and their customers. But they have these two big concerns. One is around privacy of customer data and whether customers are going to want to even give uh, these data and also the practical concerns, how this actually would work in practice and then what would happen with the data afterwards. There are still a lot of questions. How do you think this can work for 
like the big businesses, like grocery stores? Uh, look, I think it's just going to be such a challenge, right? Because does it mean you have to take somebody out and almost make them a greeter as they come in? White already keeps track of customers at the wrong iron. But what we had already been using at the wrong iron, because we ID everybody who comes in, is a scanner. So you show me your ID, I, I scan it. There's no phone number, but it gives me when you came in, you know, what the date was in your information and address that you have on your driver's license. Now he's prepared to possibly do the same at Velvet Cactus. We want to be part of the, the solution. You know, we don't want to be part of the problem. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to play by the rules and do our part. Details from the city are still in the works, but businesses are encouraged to start developing a plan now. Erica Ferrando, Eyewitness News. And in case you forgot, the stay-at-home order in New Orleans, it's in effect until at least May 15th. Thanks. Oh, thanks. Good evening, everyone. I'm Katie Moore. Thank you, Katie. I was trying to get, get her name. Thank you, Katie. Um, glad to hear that they are still enforcing that lockdown, but that's about how it works. Contact tracing. Yeah, you'll be able to be reopened, but with restrictions, with limitations, we want to monitor you. And I think that's what we're seeing on a large scale is this deployment of the surveillance system, of the technocracy, of COVID-1984. And that's why it's so terrifying. But I have one more article to go over with you guys, and then we'll take a quick break. But it's in the same vein of contact tracing, uh, resisting lockdown, and, again, just other strange things that have been happening uh, with this crisis. And I think everybody else will agree with me. Uh, why, are we why are we taking orders from Bill and Melinda Gates? Right here, this comes from your Newswire. says, Melinda Gates orders, orders governors to slow down reopening states. says they're, quote, moving too fast. This is written by Sean out of the lobby of your Newswire. They put this up May 13th. It says, Melinda Gates has warned that governors who are reopening their states must slow down. Otherwise, the country may experience a, new, a surge of new coronavirus cases. Quote, I think there, will, I think there are a few who are moving too fast. Gates said in a newly released interview filmed last Thursday, quote, I think we need to go very, very slowly with reopening this economy, she warned. Quote, there are places that will be possible to do it, Gates said. But she warned that, quote, this isn't just, oh, one day you wake up and you're open, you open up a state. You're going to see a rebound all over the place in the United States. Yahoo Finance reports that the Trump administration released a set of conditions for coronavirus containment last month that it recommended or recommends states meet before they reopen, including a 14-day downward trajectory in new cases or positive test rates. However, many states that remain short on the, of that benchmark have started to reopen or will do it soon. Among them are Kentucky, Ohio, and Utah. The Associated Press reported on Thursday that, quote, you don't reopen when you have an accelerating disease curve, Kate says, quote, you reopen after you flattened and when you're state and, and, and when you're starting to see it go down quote it's pretty simple it's pretty simple in terms if of what of when you look at the graphs and you know what to do she said i'm going to go ahead and pause it there because you get the picture we are beginning to see the scientific dictatorship the big brother concept covid 1984 you're seeing the scientific elite begin to come out of the shadows as I've been trying to figure out how to explain you guys through, 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 through symbolic terms is as we put the mask and the, and the hand and the, and the, and the handcuffs on, they're taking their masks off. You see, they're taking the gloves off too. They're revealing themselves. 
that's something you have to think about. So ask yourself, why are we taking orders from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation of Population Control? Why are we taking orders from Planned Parenthood? Why are we taking orders from the UN, the World Health Organization, the CDC? This is the scientific dictatorship. This is because people have been so dumbed down that they don't think for themselves. Good Lord. Talking about vitamin D, uh, vitamin D3, vitamin C, zinc, selenium, iodine, magnesium, shucks, guys. Like, this is where we're at. But we have to understand, we've spent our lives focusing on solutions and looking at what's happening. The rest of the people, they're hoping that somebody else finds that solution for them. And at the end of that rabbit hole, they're finding Bill and Melinda Gates, and it's terrifying the hell out of them. And that's why we have to do everything we can to not only re- resist the lockdowns, but resist these alternative na- or resist the mainstream narrative as well. Uh, but here's what's going to happen, gang. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the Trace Force. That's right. Uh, we talk commonly about the Space Force. They just released their new ad uh, to begin recruiting people. Obviously, they would have to have the Trace Force. Right, Space Force covers the sky. Trace Force covers the ground. We're going to be talking about contact tracing. Uh, the Clinton Global Initiative University working with California and New York to come up with a, a, a army of people to go out there and contact trace you to see if you did or did not come into contact with COVID. This is crazy. This is like this is this is beyond Nazi Germany. This is beyond the Stasi. This is beyond 1984. This is now our new reality. This is the new world order. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Thank you. 
And we're back. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Yeah. Uh, you know, I say I've been saying coronavirus free since we started covering this. Um, but, you know, with this contact tracing, who knows? Maybe I did have COVID back in January. Who knows what will happen because I've come into contact with a lot of people since January. Are all of these people going to get disappeared? Who's going to take care of my chickens? Who's going to take care of my, 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 my puppies, man? My los perros. Who's going to take care of my conejito? My bunny. And, and these, are, these are, you know, this is me just being, this is a solipsism of myself, you know, thinking about myself being selfish. But you get the point. Who is going to take care of these things? You see, this is what happens with centralized governmental power. When we don't give people autonomy, let them think for themselves, we think that they're incapable of thinking for themselves, therefore we have to provide them with the solutions. Well, guess what? You don't think of everything. There's no, there, there's no possible way to take care of everything. But you see, this is the problem. This is the delusion of, 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 of authoritarian government. The lie that government, gubernamente, mind control, that it offers, that it can control everything, that it can give you utopia. It truly is delusional thinking. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into this edition and to this segment. We will be talking about the trace force, contact tracing. It is, uh, wow, it is, it, it's crazy. You know, I'm trying to, I think, wrap my mind around what we're basically talking about here. I think, um, you know, when I, I talked about this whenever we had Dr. Stephanie Grutz on in the previous episode about how her needles, right, her IV needles filled with vitamin C, uh, zinc, you know, immune-boosting supplements and things like this, those are good needles. Those needles actually think, shucks, maybe I should get those injected in me. I might feel better. But something about uh, Bill Gates' vaccines and how he's presented them to us and how we don't really see the success of these things uh, terrifies the heck out of me. You see, when you talk about the trace force, we're talking about not only the fear of vaccines, the fear of, 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 of medical tyranny on steroids and more, but we're literally talking about the loss of one's rights. Now, whenever they started with this whole public health emergency, we went over how during an emergency, you have no rights. You see, but we're in that weird middle period right now to where we may or may not be in an emergency. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe. And so they're using this opportunity, as Hillary Clinton said. Maybe I should just pull the clip up for you. They're using this opportunity to radically change our system, radically change, fundamentally and radically change not only our health care, but our society as well. Here, let me play for you guys this quick clip, and then we'll start getting into uh, contact tracing and more. This was uh, a clip that came out last week, I think, and it's of uh, Hillary Clinton <laughs> just brazenly talking about saying, we should not let this crisis go to waste. We shouldn't do that. Like This could, this could be good for our party. If we don't let this crisis go to waste, we can get what we want. And believe you me, have they not done that? Have they not done that? Uh, so, um, having a little bit of a trouble finding that clip. 
but for the sake of the momentum, we might just uh, chop it up. Yo, yeah, I think we're I think we're just gonna have to chop it up uh, because as much as I want to play it, I think it might be more that uh, Instagram trickery. You know how they like to hide our posts, even from us, the people who post them. That's what's uh, terrifying about all this stuff. Um, yeah, shucks, we're gonna we we're we're, we're gonna have to chop it up. Because I'm trying to find the post and I am unfortunately unable to do so. Nope. Didn't. Bam. Found it. Just had to look a little bit harder. Sorry about that, guys. There's so much uh, so much information that happens in a single week. It gets kind of crazy trying to remember what everything looks like. But uh, here is Hillary Clinton speaking with Sleepy Joe Biden back in April saying how... COVID-19 would be a terrible, terrible crisis to waste. This is a high stakes time uh, because of the pandemic, but this is also a really high stakes election and every form of health care should continue to be available, including uh, reproductive health care for every woman uh, in this country. Uh, and then it needs to be part of a much larger system that eventually and quickly, I hope, gets us to universal health care. So uh, I, I can uh, only uh, say amen to everything you're saying, but also to, again, enlist people that this would be a terrible crisis to waste, as the old saying goes. We've learned a lot about what our absolute uh, frailties are in our country when it comes to health justice and economic justice. So, you know, let's be resolved that we're going to solve those once you're elected president. <laughs> yeah, Joe Biden can't even keep his eyes open during that interview. If you guys go check it out on the page, you literally see sleepy Joe Biden. Uh, look at Hillary, put his head down, pass out for a few, let her ramble, and then just open up his eyes again. Yeah, sleepy Joe Biden is a very real thing. But the point of that clip was of Hillary Clinton saying, do not let this crisis go to waste, using the archetypal saying of these uh, satanic Luciferians. Let's bring forth order from this chaos. Uh, but continuing on right here, this article comes from the Judge Report feed. They put this up May 11th. It says that the White House is considering a national tracing system. It says White House Economic Advisor Kevin Hassett made the case for surveillance testing and aggressive contact tracing on Sunday, saying, quote, there is no downside to implementing those measures on a national level to stop the spread of coronavirus. Let's take a listen. So the White House and White House employees benefit from surveillance testing, which is nonstop testing of individuals just to make sure you haven't contracted it. And contact tracing, for instance, those doctors, Fauci, Redfield, Hahn, uh, all now in some form of quarantine because they came in touch, came in contact with a White House staffer and tested positive. Nationwide, we are not seeing the same kind of aggressive, aggressive surveillance testing and, and contact tracing uh, that we're seeing in, in the White House. Why not? Why not implement a nationwide aggressive testing and contact tracing system? What, what's the downside? No, there is no downside. In fact, we should use every single test that we can generate, and that's something that we're working overtime. Now, I have to stop it right there, audience uh, members. 
because audio members, you can't see this, but this individual, as he's speaking, he has this crap-eating grin on his face where he's saying, well, why shouldn't, why shouldn't we track Americans? And if you listen very carefully, you can hear his smile. You can hear the delight he gets in the creation of this program. So just, just listen. I'm going to back it up a little bit and just listen to him say, well, there is no downside. And then hear him cackle at the very thought, the very same way that Bill Gates gets happy about people dying, the economy being shut down. This man is getting happy talking about the surveillance system being put in place. So here, uh, let's listen. No, there is no downside. In fact, we should use every single test that we can generate, and that's something that we're working overtime on ramping up uh, testing. Uh, you know, and we, we tested about 300,000 people, I think, on Thursday, and uh, there's some new tests that are being approved. And you're exactly right that the objective is to get as much testing as possible. But the really, you know, sad story about my dear colleague in, in the West Wing is that even with that testing, things can slip through. And, and so it's a very scary time for everybody. We've got, uh, you know, moving in on 80,000 dead, uh, and we've got more than 30 million uh, getting unemployment insurance benefits. And it's a very, very stressful time for all Americans. And as we, like most every other country on earth, start to get our economy going again, it's going to be a very difficult emotional time for everybody, just like it is for the folks in the West Wing this weekend. So there you have it. There is no downside to creating an uh, to creating an aggressive contact tracing program. Now, as he says that, as the economic advisor says that, we now have what is called HR six 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 six, the bill of the beast, nationwide contact tracing and quarantine. This is a video done by Greg Reese of Infowars. It was posted over there at band.video. I'll put the link for it in the description bar below. But let's take a listen. The World Health Organization recommended forcibly removing family members from their homes and putting them in quarantine. Now we need to go and look in families to find those people who may be sick and remove them and isolate them in a, in a safe and dignified manner. Queen Elizabeth seemed to be echoing this idea to the UK. It reminds me of the very first broadcast I made in 1940, helped by my sister. We as children spoke from here at Windsor to children who had been evacuated from their homes and sent away for their own safety. Today, once again, many will feel a painful sense of separation from their loved ones. But now as then, we know deep down that it is the right thing to do. Bill Gates has been pushing the idea of tracking people with digital tattoos. And Microsoft was recently granted patent number 060606 for a cryptocurrency surveillance system connected to the human body. Now enter HR6666 to authorize the Secretary of Health and Human Services to award grants to eligible to conduct diagnostic testing for COVID-19 and related activities such as contact tracing through mobile health units and as necessary at individuals' residences and for other purposes. On May 1st of 2020, 
Illinois Congressman Bobby Rush introduced H.R. 6666. This act is essentially setting up a nationwide contact tracing and quarantine program run by Big Pharma. Section 2, COVID-19 testing and contact tracing using mobile health units will allow Bill Gates loyalist Alex Azar and the CDC to fund eligible entities to conduct tests, trace and monitor the contacts of infected individuals, and to support the quarantine of these contacts via mobile health units. Who are the eligible entities qualified to receive this funding? Health centers, nonprofit organizations, high schools, and anyone else that Alex Azar deems eligible. The amount of taxpayer dollars being asked for to trace the public and force quarantines is $100 billion for 2020 alone, and whatever may be necessary as long as the emergency period continues. For Infowars.com, this is Greg Reese. And I'll put that link in the description bar below if you guys want to share it. Very, very impressive. Knowing that this stuff is out there, knowing what's happening, and knowing how lightning fast these developments are taking place. People really don't understand that what they're creating is the legal framework and the legal infrastructure to disappear your ass. That is the easiest way to say it. There is no, there is no conspiracy here. There is no truth-seeking here. There is no, oh, super woke talk. No, they are trying to figure out a way to disappear you. There is, <laughs> there is no, there's, there's no Illuminati with that. They're telling you what it is. So let me read this article that comes from Signs of the Times. They put this up May 12th. It says HR 6666. Democrat introduces $100 billion contact tracing bill. It says Illinois Democratic Rep- Representative Bobby Rush has introduced the HR 6666 Trace Act, which includes a $100 billion grant program which would authorize the Secretary of Health and Human Services to create an army of contact tracers operating through healthcare, schools, and nonprofit entities who would perform COVID-19 diagnostic testing through, quote, mobile health units and, as necessary, at individuals, residences, and for other purposes. Now, before I continue on, realize that what we're talking about is forced Quarantine, forced isolation. This is what I asked uh, when they, when our beloved dictators asked so kindly for us to self-isolate. I asked the question of what happens whenever we don't self-isolate. What happens whenever self-isolation becomes forced isolation? We saw this very same thing happen in China whenever the coronavirus outbreak happened. We saw people being detained and mobile Mobile boxes, mobile disinfectant boxes at airports, people being ripped out of their apartments by people in white suits. I asked those questions then. Good Lord, when is this coming to America? And unfortunately, my friends, it's here. I thought that this could only happen in a communistic country. I said this at the time. But because we are now in these days here in America, the very same infiltration has found its way here. This is what I told you was the real virus, authoritarianism. We've been infected with it, and it was given to us by China. Continuing on, it says absolutely that the bill, the COVID-19 Trace Act, 
would create a $100 billion grant program for local organizations to hire, train, and pay individuals to operate mobile testing units and conduct contact tracing in hotspots and medically undeserved areas. This is actually put up by uh, Representative Bobby Rush on May 5th via Twitter. You can find it on his page. Quote, until we have a vaccine to defeat this dreaded disease, contact tracing in order to understand the full breadth and depth of the spread of this virus is the only way we will be able to get out from under this, Rush says on his website. And when will that be? When will that be? According to Heavy, Rush's words echo those of Johns Hopkins senior scholar Dr. Crystal Watson, lead author of a recent report which concludes that contact tracing is vital to reopening the country. Quote, in order to save lives, reduce COVID-19's burden on our healthcare systems, ease strict social distancing measures, and confidentially make progress towards returning to work and school, the United States must implement a robust and comprehensive system to identify all COVID-19 cases and trace all close contacts of each identified case. That's where they're taking these people to the FEMA camps, to the fusion centers. Continuing on, it says the bill's co-signers include Representative Rashida Tlaib, Gwen Moore, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Steve Cohen, and and Republican Jefferson Van Drew of New Jersey. In addition to the petition, Rush has received a fair amount of social media backlash, mainly out of concern for privacy. Reactions on Twitter have ranged from Third Reich and Hitler comparisons to people suggesting that Rush wants to hire spies, make lepers of those who are identified as sick and waste money. Keep it a thousand. What we're talking about is disappearing people, creating the infrastructure and the framework for an authoritarian government that's able to just disappear people. No more social media. If you think being censored online is bad, what happens whenever you get censored in the third dimension? We're already seeing the efforts of snitch culture. What happens whenever snitch culture turns into this? And worse, we should not be giving power to these to these institutions. It's crazy. It's crazy because I'm having to contain myself explaining how we're losing our rights, how we're losing what makes America great, how we're losing so many different things. It is almost atrocious to see us go down this path. It's disgusting to to, to be unfolding in front of us. Good Lord. It it, it really does. uh, It doesn't so much rattle my brain as it does infuriate me you see i think that's more or less a why i have a hard time playing it cool (laughs) when it comes to this but uh, unfortunately we have to continue on we have to move a little bit forward with the trace force so people really understand what's happening Um, another crazy thing that happened with this this is them again expanding on this contact tracing army. I'm not going to play it for you the clip in its entirety. I'm just going to play a little bit of it. If you guys want to watch it, I'll put the link for that in the description bar below in the episode article. But right here, Ventura County, California officials announce a program to remove people with COVID-19 from their homes to quarantine centers. It's here. You had that World Health Organization official talking about uh, finding a safe and dignified way to remove people from their homes. California's like, oh my God, I know exactly what we can do. (laughs) It is crazy. Here, uh, let's listen. We put this up May 7th. It's from Signs of the Time. And the full clip is about five minutes long. 
we may or may not play it in its entirety, but if you guys would like, uh, you can find that on our page, and I'll put that link in the article as well. Thank you, Chairperson Wong. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, first, I'd like to update you a bit about our numbers. We have to report today 11 new cases. This is from 239 additional lab reports. Uh, we have had no additional deaths. So we are still at 19 deaths. Our uh, heart goes out to you for anyone who touches on these deaths. Um, these are tragic deaths. and. Most, most uh, of, of our people have died in the hospital. We've had 12 of our, our deaths in the hospital. Seven of these deaths have occurred at home. Uh, currently, we're hospitalized. We have 23 hospitalized COVID patients throughout the county. And 10 of those 23 are in the hospital right now in the ICU. Um, and we've had now 11,000 people that we've tested in our county are immediately isolated. Find someone who has that contact is a person who's been exposed to the contact tracing program. We grow into something larger and larger program, which will certainly grow into something larger and larger, and that is a community contact tracing program. We've done contact tracing all along. That contact is a person who's been exposed to someone that we document to have the COVID infection. When we find someone who has a COVID infection, those people are immediately isolated. But we also work with them to figure out who their contacts were. Luckily, because you have been doing such a great job of cooperating and staying indoors, um, staying isolated, because you have been doing such a great job of cooperating and staying indoors, staying isolated, it used to be there were 10 contacts, at least, for every patient that we find. Now, it looks like there are probably only two or three or four contacts, not surprisingly, because most people have been staying away from others. All right, so I'm not down to keep hearing this uh, little buffer in between. What we're going to do is kind of start and restart. Give me a second to get this to get this clip refreshed for you guys. This is vital information that we really need to be having on on the record, and we don't need to be having this uh, this hiccup. So give me one second to get this refreshed and queued up and ready for you guys, and then we'll 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 replay it because I'm not down to have such critical information muffled because my uh, system wants to be herp derp. Luckily, because you have been doing such a great job of cooperating and staying indoors um, and staying isolated, it used to be there were 10 contacts, at least, for every patient that we would find. Now, it looks like there are probably only two or three or four contacts, not surprisingly, because most people have been staying away from others. And that's, that's good news. 
Uh, but the purpose of this program is to bring on people. We're going to start with 10 people. We may bring on up to 50 or even more as the program grows and as we see the needs for it. As we do more testing, we will find more and more people who have COVID-19. And again, we'll isolate every one of them and we will find every one of their contacts and we will make sure that they stay quarantined and we'll check in with them every day. In other words, what this program means is that we're going to do a more complete job and we're going to do a more meticulous job of making it less and less possible for others in the county to run into someone with COVID-19 infection. Um, there are, it's not just our county that's bringing more people on. There are going to be thousands of, of people hired who will be these contact investigators throughout the state. And this is occurring in many, many other states as well, perhaps all of the states. And I love how he says first 10, maybe 50, you know, if, if, if more are required, we'll find more people. And then he's like, well, we're going to hire thousands of people. And then it's not only going to be here, it's going to be nationwide. It's like, so why don't you just come out and tell us this is going to be a nationwide program? But unless you're, unless you're paying attention, watching for uh, indications of deception, you wouldn't catch that. But I hope you guys caught that. Did you catch that? How he says, oh, we're going to have like a handful of people at first. We've always been doing contact tracing. First, it's going to be 10, then 50. And, you know, well, then it's going to be like a couple thousand in the state. And then other states are doing it too, which is great. Isn't this great? Yeah, I'll put the link for that in the full description bar below or in the article description bar if you guys want to uh, learn more about it because it is truly mind-blowing uh, to, to, to hear somebody casually talk about that, just casually talk about what's what they're setting up um, because I'm going to play for you guys a real quick clip after this of New York City actually beginning to conduct contact tracing as well. But before we do that, I want to do a quick detour and mention this right here, Chelsea Clinton on the board of trustees for contact tracing group funded by Bill Gates and George Soros. That's right. All the cast is here. This is an article by Nima Harris over there at Nose Punch. They put this up May 12th. It says Massachusetts Governor Charlie Barker has chosen a group called Partners in Health to conduct coronavirus contact tracing. Contact tracing is a process that uses, uses teams of investigators to find out who infected people have come into contact with. The group, which has been receiving funding from George Soros and Bill Gates, has Chelsea Clinton on its board. National File reports that the group is already, quote, training and deploying hundreds of thousands of contact tracers. Some citizens fear that the potential for mass surveillance posed by contact tracing, especially in light of a Democrat-introduced bill to Congress to authorize contact tracing, quote, at individuals' residences, is dangerous. Partners and uh, partners in health is partners in health. Involvement will not assuage many fears, considering the group has received funding from George Soros and Bill Gates's organizations, and counts Chelsea Clinton's, or counts counts Chelsea Clinton on its board of trustees. Now, we're gonna I'm gonna keep my my eye on that because more information is gonna come out with that. I don't want to cover it in this particular episode. I want to give that like a week to simmer maybe even two weeks, and then we'll definitely come back to it because it is very, very interesting uh, to see happen. Basically, we're talking about all these people, all the same criminals working together. And just before coming onto the air, <laughs> Bill Gates got shut down by the FDA 
for sending out all those test kits in Seattle as soon as the coronavirus outbreak happened. We reported on that. That was me saying, look at this evil, evil man send out all these test kits to learn more about this virus and its mutation because he already had a patent. He wanted to, be, he wanted to start working on a vaccine immediately. He wanted to start working in his own backyard. I have to say this, and then I'll start getting into this other article, and then I'll continue on with the show. you got to understand, Bill Gates has been knocked out of at least like 10 different countries, guys. 10 different countries. And if you're a jewel thief, right, if you're just some, some guy over here just wanting to see the world burn, you're not going to operate in your own backyard. You know that old saying where it says, don't crap where you eat? Well, guess what? Bill Gates eats here, bro. He's gonna. He's about to crap here on us. That's why he's working ev- with everyone everywhere else. But here, let me get back into this <laughs> and, and and stay away from Billy Boy because I gotta. I, I I have to stay on this right here. Uh, One hundred thirty-eight million dollar government contract will fund the production of five hundred million pre-filled COVID nineteen vaccine injection devices. Think about that. The DOD and the HHS awarded a $130 million contract to AppEject Systems to provide pre-filled COVID-19 vaccine syringes with RFID microchip tracking systems embedded in them. The only thing I can really think to say to that is, my God, this is terrifying on so many levels. Some people are saying that hopefully these uh, these vaccines, right, these 500 million vaccines, these pre-filled vaccines, hopefully that's for the military so they can track the military because there's currently, what, 327 million or billion Americans? How is this going to work? What the heck is going on? So I'm going to have to, again, just let you, let you take from that whatever you want, guys, because just like Chelsea Clinton being on the board of trustees, Funded by Bill Gates and George Soros, that's something I have to let marinate for a second. I've got to figure out what to say and what to do with that. I've got to do more. I have to do more digging and more research on that before I present this information to you guys. But here, getting back to the trace force, the contact tracing, and everything else that's going on surrounding that. This comes from Now the End Begins. It says New York City begins largest contact te- contact tracing surveillance effort in the United States. Oh man, this is just, it's, it's so, it's so crazy. Everything is so crazy. It's so extreme that it's, 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 it's not normal. It's unnormal, but uh, continuing on, they put this up May 11th. It's by Jeffrey Greider says New York city is to roll out the largest test and tracing operation in the United States, making contact tracing the new digital surveillance tool. Let's listen. More on that plan for a contact tracing program. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said today he wants to partner with Connecticut and New Jersey to make this happen. So what would it look like? And what about privacy concerns? Channel 3 Eyewitness News reporter Mike Savino is live in Bloomfield now with that part of our team coverage. Mike? Yes, Dennis, those are all questions that Connecticut is going to have to sort out. But even if we go forward, we're not likely to see contact tracing for at least a few weeks. I mean, think about just this parking lot behind me and how difficult it would be to try to trace the footsteps of everybody here. That's why we're going to wait for the caseload to come down when this could become more manageable. It's very uh, time consuming. It's very laborious. Takes a lot of resources. Before the pandemic, how easily can you remember every footstep? 
That's likely to become part of any plans to reopen the state once the coronavirus cases come down. We can put together people, we can organize, we can train, and we can do it. Governor Andrew Cuomo today saying he wants to create a tracing army, a team of experts looking to trace every contact of every COVID-infected person in the tri-state area. Governor Ned Lamont said today he's only in talks, but his office said earlier this week that Connecticut is in the planning phase. Dr. Mark Matursky says contact tracing is not new, but a lot of new technology has emerged since the last time tracing was used. I think we're, we have yet to see how best to use those technologies. Tracing basically involves following the steps of a COVID patient and figuring out everyone they contacted. Doctors then try to determine who among those people is infected. Technology, including location data on cell phones, can help make this process more efficient. It is an intimidating exercise. But I say, so what? Who cares that you've never done it? It's really irrelevant. But that potential also has privacy advocates concerned. Whatever they do needs to really be something that is geared exclusively to the public health professionals, information that they need. Many companies already gather people's data. But cybersecurity expert Chris Nyhus says cell phone apps rarely share that information with each other. Am I okay with these partnerships taking place to where they have a holistic view of my life? And that's really the first thing you have to ask. And there's also the question of what happens with this data after this pandemic is over. The fact that it's collected for a very discreet public health purpose now has to be maintained. It can't later go to law enforcement and become part of a larger database or be sold. It will. Now, as I said earlier, Dr. Matursky said it's not reasonable to start doing contact tracing when the virus is this widespread. But in a couple of weeks when that caseload comes down, doctors and experts could do it, and it could be part of a plan to start trying to contain the virus and avoiding a second wave. Reporting live from Bloomfield, Mike Savino, Channel 3 Eyewitness News. Okay, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, basically what we're talking about is using, using your data against you. How can they contact trace all these people? Well, with cell phone data, um, out here in New Mexico, I learned that the New York Times actually ran a, it did a survey on us. It like requested a whole separate organization do like studies on us, um, and they found that sixty three percent of people went out during the time frame during the lockdown. It's like yeah, our numbers went down, but using the cell phone data and the tracking there, they were able to see that people were going out to the river, going out to the mountains, going out camping doing all kinds of other stuff. So contact tracing is, is, is going to become a part of our normal society. I think that's what's kind of crazy. Um, you know, I'll say this and I'll get into the next article. I have this like this, this subtle keeping up with the Joneses thing going on with my neighbor to where I see him trying to build a garden and it's pathetic and I laugh at him um, because my, my garden's not that much better anyway, but I had mine first and now I see you copying. Ha ha ha, I won. But he wasn't home for a couple days. And I thought to myself, like, did he move? Did he get contact traced? Um, you know, unfortunately, did he lose his job because of the 36 million Americans that are out of, out of work? You know, like, what, what's going on? And the reason I say all this is because we're living in a time right now where people are feel fearful and scared. And this contact tracing is only going to enable it. That is going to be a corrupt institution. If you thought media was bad, they're like the fourth arm of the government, man. What's going to happen when you start having medical dictatorships, medical freedom uh, thrown out the window? What's going to happen whenever you have these people who are 
engaging in contact tracing and say, hey, this guy doesn't have his shots or, hey, this guy's saying anti-government things or, or this person has views that I don't agree with. You see the snitch culture that's already running rampant right now? If you give people the ability to, to, to have them forcibly isolated in the name of public health, uh, public health, that's very dangerous. That's a Machiavellian approach towards your rights, your freedom, and your individuality. Very, very sketchy. All of these things are sketchy. But this is what happens when you, when, when you give all your power over to Big Brother. When you don't think for yourself, you see. But uh, here, let me, let me switch gears and start talking about other, other things regarding to the coronavirus, other fallouts, so to speak, uh, that have happened right here. Chinese city of Wuhan orders virus testing on all residents to contain the spread. It's like after they got let go, millions of pe- thousands and thousands of people actually left. Millions of people still stayed. They let the they they lifted these restrictions. Obviously, other infections are going to take place because you're going to have people coming into contact. So because they have a few a few cases go a few more cases spike up. That second wave that everybody's so terrified about, well, now they've got to start testing everybody. Testing, 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 because if you test positive, well, we're going to disappear you. We put this up May 12th. It's by Nicole Howe uh, from the Epoch Times. It says the central Chinese city of Wuhan is requiring nucleic, nucleic, acid, ah, geez, requiring nucleic acid tests for the CCP virus for all residents totaling more than 10 million. Authorities plan to complete testing within 10 days. Due to the timing of Chinese of China's upcoming Linghui political meeting on May 21st, some analysts believe authorities want to conduct widespread testing in order to avoid any infected officials from traveling to Beijing for the conference. Since early April, second wave outbreaks have been reported in northeastern provinces, south southern uh, Guangdong province, and Wuhan, where the virus first broke out. The Wuhan government, quote, urgently notified all districts in the city to perform a so-called, quote, 10-day battle, according to an internal document dated May 11th that was leaked online. City authorities instructed that all residents, long-term and temporary, must take a nucleic acid test. Uh, Testing must be completed by May 22nd. The city asked each district government to report their testing plans before noon on May 12th. Chinese state-run media, the paper, quoted a Wuhan district government official saying that he arranged for testing overnight on May 11th. Some Wuhan residents from the, Ge- from the Gexin neighborhood located in Dongxi district posted online notices they received from local authorities which said, quote, The tests must not leave out anyone. All people must be covered. For residents who were already took the tests within the past seven days, the notice instructed them to register with their previous test results. Wang Chen, a respiratory specialist and vice president of the state-run Chinese Academy of Engineering, said during an April 28th national meeting about the virus response that, quote, the results of the nucleic acid test is more important than a passport. It is important evidence to allow people to move between cities. U.S.-based China Affairs commentator Tang Zhuang, or Jiang, Tang Jing Yuan noted that given Wuhan's large population, the city alone likely does not have the capacity to test all samples. And so this is where we're at right now. We're in like a weird technocratic race with AI and technology and public health and all this other crazy stuff with China. Let me play for you guys this clip and then we'll continue on. 
Well, the original coronavirus epicentre will test its entire population for the infection after a new cluster of cases emerged for the first time in weeks. Officials in each district of Wuhan will conduct tests across the city of 11 million within a 10-day time limit. It's unclear when testing will begin. Concerns have been raised of a second wave since reports of a new cluster on the 8th of April after a 76-day lockdown. Well, the original coronavirus epicenter will test its entire population Crazy. for the infection. Uh- Crazy. Yeah, this, that, uh, this, is, this is that Rockefeller lockstep program uh, that you hear them talking about. Where, where nations are doing everything the same. It's very, very crazy to see uh, worldwide. And every and this is world government. This is global government. This is where everybody's working in the same fashion, do it, just carrying things out. This is, this is world government. This is global government. This is why this is so crazy. You see. And there's so many things going on that... I kind of freeze trying to tell you. I mean, like right here, there's a study that came out from Germany this week confirming everything we've been saying, uh, that the lockdowns are, are doing more harm than good. I don't have time to go down this, 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 this rabbit hole or this rant, you know, from the suicides to the alcoholism to the child sex abuse to all this other crazy stuff. The lockdowns are doing damage. The mental health epidemic post this virus is going to be crazy. But because of this, because people just want to get back to normal, the, the, the new normal is creating like a form of denialism as a defense mechanism to where you just go along to get back to whatever sem- whatever semblance of normal y- you had. It's crazy, the sophistication of this, but uh, c- to continue on more, you know, with this COVID-19, COVID-1984 contact tracing, new world order, scientific dictatorship world that we're living in right here, Washington governor to residents. COVID test deniers will not be allowed to leave home to get groceries. So it's like, even if you don't want to get tested, even if you don't want to go along with the narrative, these people are trying to figure out a way to marginalize you or take you out of the system. This is very dangerous. It's getting to a point to where you're having to divest not only from, from mainstream social media, but also from uh, uh, big box stores, from this from the just from the system period i mean there was an article that came out this week talking about a record number of americans renouncing their citizenship because of this because of this it's crazy what is happening right now and everybody's seeing it right here yeah and it was from in times headlines they put this up may 12th americans renouncing citizenship at highest levels on the record it, 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 it's crazy, but here, uh, let me get into this clip, or let me get into this article, play a quick clip for you guys, and then I'll close out this segment. Uh, but we put this up May 13th. It's from Activist Post, and it says, at his May 12th press conference, Washington State Governor Jay Inslee laid out the plans for the statewide contact tracing initiative. Quote, the initiative is robust, it is vigorous, and it is comprehensive, and it needs to be all three to be successful, Inslee said. Quote, if we do not succeed in this second stage of our efforts, the, this virus could come back and bite us. As, Lynn, as LinwoodTimes.com, uh, Luke Putvin notes, the information instantly provided was labeled as contact tracing, box in the virus. Contact tracing involves interviewing people with positive COVID-19 tests to identify who they've been in contact with, 
getting those people tested and then making sure they isolate themselves and their families. As the press conference went on, one question kept coming up. What about enforcement? How will you ensure residents comply and what if they don't? The answer is as scary as many have worried about. As Putfin reports, for those businesses, for slash individuals that don't comply, the governor stated that he confirmed with AG Bob Ferguson there will be sanctions in civil or criminal court. At the press conference, one reporter asked, when it comes to contact tracing, how are you guys going to handle people or families who want to refuse the test or to self-isolate? If they want to leave their home to get groceries, I know you said they can't do that. How will you make sure that they don't? Here's what Jay Inslee said. He said, we will have attached to the families a family support person who will check in with them to see what they need on a daily basis and help them. If they can't get a friend to do their grocery shopping, we will help them get groceries in some fashion. If they need pharmaceuticals to be picked up, we will make sure that they get their pharmaceuticals. That's going to help encourage them to maintain their isolation, too. As far as a refusal, it just shouldn't come to that, and it really hasn't. We've had a really good success when we ask people to isolate, and they've done so in really high percentages. So we're happy about that, and we believe that that will continue. Therefore, those individuals who refuse to cooperate with contact tracers and or refuse testing will not be allowed to leave their homes to purchase basic necessities such as, such as groceries and or prescriptions. Those people will need to make arrangements through friends, family, or a state-provided family support personnel to make that happen. The question, of course, is how long before this, quote, mandated testing or starve will be re-upped to mandated vaccination or starve? And that's the logic of these people. Oh, you, oh, you don't want to get testing, huh? Well, I guess you just won't get groceries. And unless you organize... For someone else to get you groceries, you better stay inside your house. You are essentially on house arrest if you don't get this test, if you do not give us your blood. Think about how criminal this is. Think about how outrageous this is and how unconstitutional this is. This is crazy. This is the trace force. This is the name of public safety, of public health where the government cares about you, where you have to obey Big Brother. You know, the creator of Black Mirror said that he wasn't going to come out with like another, se another season. He's like, why should I? Like, we're already in a dystopia. If I were to try to make anything now, it would literally only put people over the edge and make them kill themselves. And he's not wrong. I mean, to close out this segment, I mean, check this out right here. Obey. Robot dog fitted with cameras to patrol Singapore parks to broadcast a safe distancing mes message. So even if you're out there, you know, enjoying nature, having a grand old time, you know, skating at the park, <laughs> hanging with your kids, you do that in Singapore, they'll release the robots on you. I mean, they're doing it, they're, they're doing it in New York, releasing the drones. It's only a matter of time until they begin to widespread deploy these things. You know what this is called? You know why I freaked out about this? You know why I've been trying to raise the alarm about this? Because this is building the matrix. This is Agenda 21. This is Agenda 2030 where they criminalize human behavior and they replace us with the robots. Audio listeners, you can't see this, but I'm going to play the clip. I'll describe it for you. It's of Spot, that four-legged robot created by Boston Dynamics just patrolling a park 
looking as creepy as ever, just strolling through the neighborhood. And then you see this mother and daughter combo just hanging out. The daughter gets up because she's like, good Lord, that's a robot. I'm getting out of here. And then you see people fleeing in fear. Because as the robot casually walks down the street, people know what this is. We have a dis- we have a inherent distrust of robots. And now, when you combine these 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 virtue signaling, clout chasing people <laughs> who think that they're doing good by shouting at people, saying "Go back inside," it's crazy. Let me read this article, and then we'll con- then I'll close out this segment. We put this up May eighth. Some signs of the time. It says the robot is fitted with safety sensors to detect objects and people within one meter to avoid collision. A four-legged robot will be patrolling Bishan Ong Mokyo Park to remind people of social distancing measures starting from Friday. Called Spot, the robot will assist with safe distancing efforts at parks, gardens, and nature reserves managed by the National Parks Board and at parks managed by town councils. The pilot, the pilot trial is jointly conducted by InParks and the Smart Nation and Digital Government Group. The Spot robot will broadcast a recorded message reminding park visitors to observe safe distancing measures. It is fitted with cameras enabled by GovTech develop video analytics to help it estimate the number of visitors in the parks. The cameras, however, will not be able to track or recognize specific individuals, neither will it collect any personal data. As part of the two-week trial, SPOT will be deployed over a three-kilometer stretch in the River Plains section of the park during off-peak hours, and it will be accompanied by at least one in-parks officer. If the trial proves successful, in-parks will consider deploying SPOT for safe distancing efforts at Bishang Ango Mokyo Park, in the morning and during evening peak hours. There it is. There's your new enslavers. So while you have cops growing a conscience, saying, hey, we should not enforce these tyrannical and unconstitutional orders. Hey, grow a spine, grow, grow a conscience, remind yourself of being human. The technocratic overlords are like, I see you. Release the robots. They won't fight us. You see, humans have a conscience. We care. Robots, they follow orders, and that's what they want, and that's why we have to watch out for this, and that's why a human component regarding all these things and more is required. Uh, But here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to finish out this episode talking about COVID coercion. I have a quick video I want to play for you guys of uh, Trey Smith of God in a Nutshell talking about pandemic, explaining how the Greek god Pan is infecting all of us and more. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Fauci saying that there's no guarantee that a vaccine is going to be safe. So why God's name have you been promoting it? <laughs> we're going to be talking about this as well as a video that's been deleted off of YouTube claiming that Fauci's been spewing propaganda. And also the fact that we might be going to war with China over all of this. Yeah, we're in the future. We are in 2020. This is the new world order. This is COVID-1984. This is the socioeconomic reformation, the socioeconomic, the socio-political reformation, all these things and more. The paradigm shift. This is the future. So many things are happening. There's no way for me to describe it all. But we're going to be taking a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this.
Welcome back. Yeah, I thought about setting up that previous uh, segment, cutting it up into two for you guys, but I feel like it was better if I just kept grinding, just keep going, just 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 plow through it. And I did. And I'm sorry if I terrified you, but I can't help but think about how all of this works. Like it, it it has to seem like when I tell you, like here, we just took that break, right? 
like I talked about the music break, not about like the season break that I like to take in between seasons. When I tell you that it takes time for me to get my head back into the game, you know, breaking down, breaking down the articles, looking at the analyzing things, figuring out these different data points, uh, doing the projection, finding the research, doing all this correlation of information. It takes, it takes, it takes time getting into that. Like right now we're kind of in our stride as we break down all of this information, the same thing can be applied to the country. When they shut this country down, they took all of our momentum down with it. All of our patriotism, all of the growth that we had, and more. Now that we're over here on this side of things, we've really got to start thinking about where we're at. We're in the new world order. We're in what they've created. And if we don't start thinking fast... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I talked about that at the start of the year, how right now, you know, we're, we're, we're putting out some of our best work. We don't really have time to create the picture perfect anything. All we have time is to create, double back, and improve over time. If we don't start really fixing our mindset, we're going to get caught flat-footed. You see. That, but, but, but because people are in a, in a, people are in a trance-like mindset, they, they are... They were in a trance because of the television, because of the smartphones. They've, they've, they've been told to shut up, stay at home, wait for the vaccine, don't go out and get sunlight, don't, don't communicate with your fellow uh, human beings, don't, get, don't, don't, don't know your neighbors. People have been induced into a trance. They don't think for themselves because they've been belittled and broken down. You've really got to look at what that does. Not only does your soul atrophy and your, weak, and your muscles become weakened, but your lust for life, it becomes diminished, you see. And that's what they want. They want weak-willed people who could care less about things, ready to slit their, list, slit their wrists vertical. I'm sorry to become abrasive on this episode, but people have to understand what happened. And it happened just like that. That's why I have to say, as they tell us to put the mask and the handcuffs on, put the ball gag and the handcuffs on, they're taking theirs off. They're taking the gloves off. They're taking the mask off, and they're showing us who they are. And the only way that we don't get caught up is by being silent. That's why they say silence is, 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 is compliance. And why I've been trying to say throughout the entirety of this transmission, they better respect our existence or expect resistance. You have to understand the sophisticated uh, psychological operations that are happening right now. Yes, this is the Great Awakening, but what are we going to do with it? You get me? What are we going to do with it? And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this edition of Factions of Freedom. This segment, COVID Coercion, I'm going to talk about how the things have become so muddied that the only way for, and they're going to become even more muddied over time, that the only way for us to get through this or to get over this is to go straight through this. The truth has to cut through all these things. COVID coercion is where everybody's getting together to 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 create a, to create a specific narrative uh, that's just going to dictate the future. That's all I want to say. I'm going to play for you guys a few minutes of this um, short docu series or this, this 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 video that Trey Smith uh, put out. He put it out just a couple days ago. It's a pandemic. That's what he titled it, and it basically talks about uh, the Greek god Pan and the symbology behind 
the word pandemic and more. Uh, it's something that I've heard pop up in the Christian community recently, but I thought it would be very good to get this on uh, this episode. So I'll play a little bit of the clip. I'll put the link for it in the episode article if you guys want to know more, and then we'll continue. Uh, we'll continue on with the show from there. Very base. The word pandemic actually comes from a Greek term. Starts with the word pan. Of course, pan is the the goat god. Pan enjoyed to be intimate with children, and of course, forcefully intimate with children, and of course, also goats, as depicted in this artwork right here. Pan is the he's the deceiver god, the trickster god. The god summoned by the witches under the moonlight. And the word pandemic begins with the root word pan, which to them meant all, or should be in all. Pan should be in all. Pan is the, the originator of the entire pantheon of gods, the root of those pantheon of Greek and Roman gods. Pan's temple, where I'm about to walk you up to right now, has some interesting correlations. The temple of Pan right here, the border of Syria, between the pages and temples of that ancient world and your world right now during this virus today. Pan's temple, I'm about to walk you up to right here on the of Syria, where he was worshipped by the aristocrats and the elites of that ancient age, and covered in documents such as the Epic of Gilgamesh, right here has some interesting correlations between that ancient temple of Pan and the pandemic that you're in right now. Thought I'd mention them to you. Pandemic, pan, demos, demos. All, what should be in all? Demos is the people. It's also sort of rhymes with demons, which is what Pan was, the head. Should be in all the people. Pandemic. Pan, the trickster. Now, speaking of Pan, what you might find of interest as well is that this is where Pan was the most heavily worshipped, right at the base of Mount Hermon which is on the border between Israel and Syria. In fact, it's dangerously. The world's nervous going into the site. All of these little pillars are for the entire site, which is in the woods and would decorate the forest trees. And there's a worship of the trees and the forest trees. Pan, the god of mischief and trickery and deception, well, he needed to be in all, according to the Greeks and the aristocrats of their ancient temple. Just giving you the definition of the origin of the word. There's the sign here for the temple of Pan that you see on the screen. We're going to go up some pathways that take you up where they have all of these pretty little streams where the water would segregate out and if the water filled with too much blood, that was a bad sign by their belief system. So we go up towards the base of Mount Hermon, where they worshipped Pan. Now, for the uppity-ups of the ancient world, this isn't just about summonsing the spirit of Pan, going all the way back to Nimrod and another the ancient world. One of the
of the key ways to get pan in you. How do you get pan in you? One of the ways to do that was through pharmakia. Now that's where you, that's the Greek word pharmakia. That's where we get the word pharmacy today. Now, pharmakia means something more than natural herbs in the ground or healthy things or healthy practices or even herbs that God made that may have a lot of kick to them. And this goes a step further beyond just hallucinogens. No, you need a strange brew, just like a witch's cauldron of a strange brew. Pharmakia, just like the Greek word, precisely meant. And just like this whole array of occult worship here, pharmakia was one of the many arrays and forms of witchcraft. Pharmakia, and how do you get the pan in you, well, you need to have mixtures of things, and some of those things that were commonly used were fetal tissue, like aborted fetal baby, aborted baby fetal tissue. Up this set of stairs here, when we're walking up, it's a little ways of a walk, but you go up to the temple. This was, this all comes, by the way, from the Mount Hermon video, done by God in a nutshell, which you can get to in our subscriber section. It's a full two-hour documentary on this, but you're heading up and you're going to get to where the Greek and Roman, the aristocrats, the richie riches, the top religious guys of their days, the intellectuals, would gather at the mouth of this cave. I think actually, if I'm going strange about this, I think actually some of your vaccines, actually whole ranges of them, actually use abortion material or fetal tissue. Now another way to get that strange mixture is from animal blood or animal tissues mixed with the herbs. And of course, the last favorite look on the screen down here would of course be bats tossed in the growing mix or of course snakes. So I'll put the link for that in the description bar below because as you could tell, uh, Trey Smith knocks out of the park again by by breaking down these things to you guys. So if you... Um, if you haven't checking that out, I'll definitely put the link for that in the description bar below. Things in that video, all I can really do is recommend it to you guys. I'll put it in the description bar below and in the episode article so you guys can check it out. But basically what he goes on to talk about is how we're being purposely infected with this disease of fear. And I mean, he goes into the, the, the spiritual aspect of it, the historical aspect of it, the symbolic aspect of it. It's a very, very deep and insightful video that I would really recommend you guys to check out because what we're talking about is what I've been saying before. Uh, these occult scientists or these satanic scientists and these occult technocrats were, were working with people who know they're conducting a dark working. That's the easiest way to say it. And that's why they don't want you to have hope. They don't want you to understand that you can actually heal yourself through God's, <laughs> through, through what God has provided you, through, through, through vitamin C, through vitamin D, through sunlight, selenium, uh, iodine, magnesium. There's so many different ways to heal yourself that these Satanists, the only way they can operate is by offering you a satanic and inverted lie. Like, it, it, it's crazy. That's why when we, when we break down the virus, its origins, and more, all we can really understand is that it, does, it, 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 that it is modified and for an intense purpose. I mean, we went over it just the other week, 
how they went into a cave, they found a bat, they extracted it, they fed it to one pig, then um, that pig died, they diced up that pig, fed it to another pig, that pig also died, and then they took that meat, allegedly, to a, to a wet market, and then that meat was transferred. You've got to understand how all these different types of things work. So we're using science to basically break down the spiritual and the magic, the, the spiritual and the magic aspects of this. There's so many different things going on that it, 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 it kind of racks my brain thinking about it. So like I said, I'll put the link for that in the description bar below if you guys want to know more about it because it really does break it down very, very uh, in-depth in a different way that's, that's, not, uh, that's not really approached today. I think a lot of people look at things in a scientific and through a, through a scientific lens and thankfully that was not uh, done in that way. But to shift gears, because again, more information is coming out about Anthony Fauci being a operative of Bill Gates and so much more information. A video came out this week, planned, or actually last week, came out the uh, pandemic. It featured Dr. Judy Mikovich, and as it went out, it was censored. Everywhere it went, from YouTube, uh from YouTube to Facebook to Twitter and all these other places, all these other streaming platforms, censored, censored, censored. As soon as it got uploaded, it was deleted. But it's because she's calling out Fauci. She talks about how these people, the deep staters, so to speak, how they planted evidence on her and how they manipulated the situation. Right here, uh, we put this up May 7th. It's from Zero Hedge. It says YouTube deletes viral video claiming Dr. Fauci is spewing absolute propaganda about COVID-19. It says that uh, one thing that should be abundantly clear by now is that any thoughts, opinions, or speculations which challenges the official narratives regarding COVID-19 will be promptly silenced by Silicon Valley under the guise of protecting the public, which apparently can't be trusted to absorb information and form their own opinions. The most recent example of censored wrong think is a new documentary, Plandemic, which features former chronic fatigue researcher Judy Mikovits, which who claims... Uh, that Dr. Anthony Fauci, head of the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Disease, is spewing absolute propaganda about COVID-19. In the video, Mikovich claimed that Fauci perpetrated propaganda that led to the deaths of millions of people in the past. She also raised questions about how COVID-19 deaths are being counted. However, one of her biggest beefs with Anthony Fauci dates to the Battle of dates to the battles for credit over the discovery of HIV in the early 1980s. In the video, Mikovic claims she isolated HIV from the saliva and blood of patients in France, but that Fauci was involved in delaying research so a friend could take credit, which allowed the HIV virus to spread. These claims are not proven. They were also disseminated in April by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Kennedy alleged on the Children's uh, Health Defense website, where he is the chairman. Google's YouTube is currently playing whack-a-mole with a 25-minute promotional vignette for the documentary, which has gone viral, deleting new versions seemingly as fast as they prop up. The original version had 1.6 million views when it was censored. And the 14-minute clip that we played, it was only 14 minutes that we could feature on our website or on our Instagram Live, it currently has 14,000 views. Uh, but I'll put, the, I'll put the link for this video as well. I want to play a little bit of it. So people understand what's going on. You see, that we have to get these things out there so that people understand 
You're being told one thing. You're being programmed and conditioned to think one thing. You have to know that there is an alternative narrative. Dr. Judy Mikovits has been called one of the most accomplished scientists of her generation. Her 1991 doctoral thesis revolutionized the treatment of HIV-AIDS. At the height of her career, Dr. Mikovits published a blockbuster article in the journal Science. The controversial article sent shockwaves through the scientific community as it revealed that the common use of animal and human fetal tissues were unleashing devastating plagues of chronic diseases. For exposing their deadly secrets, the minions of Big Pharma waged war on Dr. Mikovits, destroying her good name, career, and personal life. Now, as the fate of nations hang in the balance, Dr. Mikovits is naming names of those behind the plague of corruption that places all of human life in danger. So you made a discovery that conflicted with the agreed-upon narrative. <laughs> Correct. And for that, they did everything in their powers to destroy your life. Correct. You were arrested. Correct. And then you were put under a gag order. Um, for, for five years, if I went on social media, if I said anything at all, they would find new evidence and, um, and put me back in jail. And it was one of the few times I cried. And it was because I knew there was no evidence the first time. And they, when you can unleash that kind of force to force someone into bankruptcy with a perfect credit score. And so that I couldn't bring my 97 witnesses, which included the heads, Tony Fauci, you know, Ian Lipkin, the heads of the public health and HHS, who would have had to testify that we did absolutely nothing wrong. And so what did they charge you with? Nothing. But you were in jail. I was held in jail with no charges. I was called a fugitive from justice. No warrant. Literally drug me out of the house. Our neighbors are looking at what's going on here. You know, they searched my house without a warrant. They literally terrorized my husband for five days. They said, if you don't find the notebooks, if you don't find the material, which was not in my possession, but planted in my house. As if you took intellectual property from the laboratory. Is yes. that correct? It was, it was intended to appear as if I took confidential material names and intellectual property from the laboratory. And I could prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that I didn't. Heads of our entire HHS colluded and destroyed my reputation and the Department of Justice and the FBI sat on it and kept that case under seal, which means you can't say there's a case or your lawyers are held in contempt of court. So you can't even get a lawyer to defend you. So every single due process right was taken away from me and to this day remains the same. I have no constitutional freedoms wow. and rights. Well, you sit here. <laughs> I think a lot of people would probably have just taken the retirement out early, laid low, but you've decided to come forth when your gag order has been released to write a book called Plague of Corruption, Restoring Faith and the Promise of Science, and you are naming names. Absolutely. Apparently, their attempt to silence you has failed. And I, I have to ask, how do you sit here with confidence to call out these great forces and not fear for your life as you leave this building? 
because if we don't stop this now, we can not only forget our republic and our freedom, but we can forget humanity because we'll be killed by this agenda. And I'll put the link for that in the description bar below because people really have to understand that the that the the, the straits are really that dire. <laughs> like my my half my my attempt to come up over here and to present ourselves as if we are a legitimate and authoritative source of credible information and where it reaches and how far it reaches it does depend on you you see what i'm saying like people have to really understand the straits are this dire and when you share this information when you share the episode when you share the posts it does create ripple effects we may not see it because we're right there at the the, the, the forefront of everything, the tip of everything, but that doesn't mean that we're not waking up the hearts and minds of everybody else. So these little mini documentaries that you guys are like listening to every single week, you're getting hip to a lot of different things that are going on. That's great. But everybody else has no idea. And when we share a simple post of the thousands that we put up, we help unlock that spot. We, we help unlock things and people, uh, that we don't think about. And that's why we're doing this. That's why we have to do everything we're doing. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I'll put the link for that in the description bar below so you guys can check it out. Fascinating interview, groundbreaking in so many different ways. Um, and all I can really do is hope that this lady does not get killed. I mean, she's, she speaks the truth. She knows. She knows what's happening. She knows she's going up against the big pharma mafia. But what other choice do we have? What other choice do we have? So, um, continuing on, still speaking about Dr. Anthony Fauci right here. Fauci tells Congress, there's no guarantee that the vaccine is actually going to be effective. That's right. Whenever he was testifying before Congress, he actually let it slip that, yeah, the vaccine may not work. This next article, this comes from Ricky Scaparo of Intime. They put this up May Twelfth, it says, as drug makers across the world race to develop a coronavirus vaccine, White House White House Health Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci said, "Quote: There's no guarantee that the vaccine is actually going to be effective." Fauci delivered the somber warning Tuesday that, to the Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions during a hearing about the road to reopening businesses across the nation. U.S. officials have pointed to the development of a vaccine as a key turning as a key turning point in the COVID-19 pandemic even though it will take at least 10 or 12 to 18 months. Because this is a virus that induces an immune response and people recover. The overwhelming majority of people recover from this virus. Although there is morbidity and mortality at a level in certain populations, the very fact that the body is capable of spontaneously clearing the virus tells me that at least from a conceptual standpoint, we can stimulate the body with a vaccine that would induce a similar response. There's no guarantee that the vaccine is actually going to be effective. As you well know, because we've discussed this many times in the past, that you can have everything you think that's in place and you don't induce the kind of immune response that turns out to be protective and durably protective. So one, the big unknown is it will be effective. Given the way the body responds to viruses of this type, I'm cautiously optimistic that we will, with one of the candidates, get an efficacy signal. You didn't say you shouldn't go back to school because we won't have... Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely come back and talk more about uh, Operation Warp Speed and these different 
vaccine companies that Bill Gates is involved in because that's a very, very interesting development. Uh, let me read a little bit of this and then I'll, I'll play another clip for you guys. It says, as experimental vaccines are created, they will also need to be mass produced to be administered to the more than 7.6 billion people around the world. In the meantime, there are no proven treatments for the virus. Fauci's comments highlight another complexity in the path to a vaccine. Quote, you can have everything you think that's in place and you don't induce that kind of immune response that turns out to be protective and durably protective. Fauci said of a vaccine, quote, so one of the big unknowns is, will it be effective? Given the way the body responds to the viruses of this type, I'm consciously optimistic that we will, that we will with one of the candidates, get an, get an efficacy signal. The National Institute of Health an agency within the Department of Health and Human Services has been fast-tracking work with biotech company Moderna to develop a potential vaccine. More than 100 vaccines are in development globally as of April 30th, according to the World Health Organization, with at least eight vaccine candidates already in human trials. Yeah, that's because we are the guinea pig. Now, before I switch over to closing this episode out, talking about potential armed conflict with China, I want to play for you guys this real quick clip of Donald Trump saying that the military will potentially be distributing COVID-19 vaccines. Yeah, I think we're going to have a vaccine by the end of the year. We're doing very well with the vaccine. And I will tell you something. I just literally left a meeting. We're mobilizing our military and other forces, but we're mobilizing our military on the basis that we do have a vaccine. You know, it's a massive job to give this vaccine. Our military is now being mobilized. So at the end of the year, we're going to be able to give it to a lot of people very, very rapidly. Yeah, I think we're going to have a vaccine by the Yeah, very, very crazy things are going on, and it's happening at breakneck speed. So we'll keep an eye on that as that develops. Uh, could that be more of that? Could that be Operation Warp Speed? Is that why $138 billion was spent between the DOD and the HHS to create these injection devices for the military to give vaccines to people? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm not entirely sure. And I don't want to say things uh, that may that, that, that may spark fear in people. But these are, again, things people that things that people need to be aware of. You see, that's all I'm saying. Uh, so to begin to close things out, to switch to 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 switch gears for the last time uh, with everything that's going on. I talked about this briefly and it is something that i find not necessarily disturbing but i believe it is something that's going to require our what we're seeing with china because we're still trying to figure out what's going on with the virus we're dealing with the infection of authoritarianism we've created the contact tracing force uh we've had lockdowns we've had all these other crazy things go on and we still don't even know what's happening with china what i'm trying to say is the information coming out from China can't be trusted. It seems like China, it seems like China is at the core of this, yet they're trying to play, point the blame at us. I'm trying to say that in one way, shape, or form, it looks like some kind of confrontation, whether it be trade, economic, or even a proxy war, is going to go on with China. I made these, these comments earlier this week. I don't want to see this thing happen. There are potential talks of a draft being started again. The, the draft being started back up again. You saw just the other week how they were saying that uh, 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 people who were infected with the coronavirus could no longer enlist into the military. You have the Space Force release its new 
its new app to recruit or uh, its new ad to recruit people. What I'm casually trying to break down to you guys is the stage is being set for some kind of conflict. Let me read a little bit of this article and I'll play this quick clip for you guys. It says pathetic World Health Organization complains it has not been invited to investigate the coronavirus outbreak by China. So senior doctors admit that the World Health Organization strongly suspected human-to-human transmission in early January, but announced the opposite anyway. <laughs> it says the World Health Organization has repeatedly requested access to China to take part in the country's investigations into the origins of the coronavirus, but it has been denied an invite, according to one leading official. Dr. Gowden Gala told Sky News that the World Health Organization is making requests to the Human Commission and of the authorities, but has so far come up empty-handed. Quote, we know that some national investigation is happening, but at this stage we have not been invited to join. Galia explained, quote, the origins of the virus are very important. The animal-human interface is extremely important and needs to be studied. Galia said, adding that, quote, the priority is, the priority is we need to know as much as possible to prevent the reoccurrence. The doctor also noted that the World Health Organization has not been allowed to see logs from the two bio labs in Wuhan, where it was confirmed that scientists were conducting research on a novel coronavirus. Let me play for you guys this clip, and then we'll cover or we'll cover an article that's more recent talking about potential armed conflict with China. This is this is them saying that they tried to set up a a a, a world court to monitor and investigate what went on with China. And China didn't 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 cooperate. Insist that investigating the origins of COVID-19 should be left to the scientists. But those scientists do not include the World Health Organization, according to its representative here. Is the, is the WHO doing work right now into the origins of the virus? We know that some national investigation is happening but at this stage we have not been invited to join we are expecting to get um, in the in the near future a briefing on where that is and to discuss possible collaboration so you still haven't been invited by the chinese authorities to take part up to now we have not had the invitation i mean that must be frustrating i it's, one tries not to get emotional, one tries to simply follow the process. Is there a good reason not to include the WHO at this stage? From our point of view, no. And any investigation should include the two labs that handled viruses in Wuhan. The WHO has visited one, but not received any of its logs. From all available evidence, WHO colleagues that uh, in our uh, three-level system are convinced that the origins are in Wuhan, um, and that it is a naturally occurring, not a manufactured uh, virus. Doubts have also been raised about the reliability of China's numbers. In early January, the official number of coronavirus cases stayed unchanged for nearly two weeks before sharply rising. We only know uh, what, what China uh, is reporting to us. Is it likely that there were only 41 cases for that period of time? I would think not. Um, uh, is that a matter of difficulty in finding? Were they, were they uh, getting their act together? Is it a question of definition? I, I cannot speculate. But uh, it would have been that during, uh, during that period, obviously, some growth uh, would have been happening. And after two weeks, it simply stays the same. I mean, that seems to beg a belief. 
it is unlikely that uh, uh, that with an epidemic of this nature that it stays at 4 to 1 exactly. And the key question for the whole of January was whether the virus could be transmitted human to human. As soon as the WHO arrived in Wuhan on January the 20th, they had their answer. The healthcare worker uh, was simply volunteered the moment we entered the fever clinic. We uh, were shown around this, at that point, makeshift uh, system that had been set up. Um, and uh, we simply asked it as one of the first questions and we got it immediately, we got that answer. In that case, they said they had had two cases, two uh, healthcare workers that were uh, infected. Answers like that, however long in coming, were crucial for transparency. Right now, China isn't giving them, at least not to the WHO. Tom Cheshire, Sky News, Beijing. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. And there you have it. We want to know what's going on <laughs> with the virus, whether or not you know whether or not they actually created it. You would think, hey, the entire world thinks you did this. Don't you want to come out and say that you didn't do this? Here's your chance. Clear the uh, you know have a clean slate, China. Let us know that you didn't do this. Oh, but you see. We actually came in and con- we, 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 we broke that down, how that all works, right? That it's not China that's just in the wrong here, that it's actually America a little bit as well. And that's where things get a little bit tricky. So a little bit of tr- the, the only way we're going to get out of this, as I said before at the start of the show, the only way we're going to get over this is going straight through it. The truth is the only thing that's going to set us free. If not, we're going to have possible armed conflict with the U.S. or with China over the coronavirus backlash. This, uh, this article comes from Zero Hedge. The full title says that these chi- that says this, uh, Chinese report warns of possible armed conflict with U.S. over coronavirus backlash. It says, it says an internal report presented to Chinese President Xi Jinping and other top leaders conclude that the global anti-Chinese sentiment is at a level not seen since the 1989 Tiananmen Square crackdown and recommends preparing for the worst-case scenario of armed conflict with the United States, according to Reuters, uh, citing people familiar with the content of the document. The report, created by the Chinese Institutes of Contemporary Internal Relations, which is affiliated with the Ministry of State Security, suggests that the wave of anti-China sentiment is led by the United States, which sees China's rise as a global superpower as a threat to Western democracies. One of those one of those with knowledge of the report said it was regarded by some in the Chinese intelligence community as the China's version of the Novikov Telegram, a 1946 dispatch by the Soviet ambassador to Washington, Nikolai Novikov, that stressed the dangers of U.S. economic and military ambition in the wake of World War II. Novikov's missive was a response to U.S. diplomatic George Kennan's, quote, long telegram from Moscow that said that the Soviet Union did not see the possibility for peaceful coexistence with the West, and the containment was the best long-term strategy. Reuters, which hasn't seen the paper, couldn't determine to what extent the report the report's grim outlook reflects positions held by China state leaders, nor how much it might influence policy. That said, it suggests Beijing is taking the threat of global backlash over the coronavirus pandemic, which Western intelligence agencies suspect originated at a Wuhan biolab, which was experimenting with that coronavirus and had previous concerns raised over the pandemic potential of such research. China's early cover-up of the outbreak 
including silencing and or disappearing whistleblowers, journalists, and doctors lying about the transmissibility of the virus while hoarding personal protective equipment, quarantining Wuhan domestically while allowing international travel, and using the World Health Organization to run cover, has drawn global scorn as COVID-19 has infected over 3.5 million and killed nearly 250,000 in five months. Chinese officials had a, quote, special responsibility to inform their people and the world of the threat posed by the coronavirus, quote, since they were the first to learn of it. The U.S. State Department spokeswoman Morgan Ortegas said in response to questions from Reuters. Without directly addressing the assessment made in the Chinese report, Ortegas added that, quote, Beijing's efforts to silence scientists, journalists, and citizens and spread disinformation exacerbated the dangers of this health crisis. So that's what they're saying. Potential armed conflict with China could erupt over this virus. But you would hope that because of everything that's going on right now, we would see that war is not the answer. This is something you guys heard me talk about with you specifically, the audience, over Instagram Live. Maybe because we're making masks, not missiles. Medication, instead of ammunition, will have a better future. But one can only hope. Let's just hope that's that, that that's not me being altruistic. Let's hope that's not my delusional optimism talking. Truly, the horizons that we are on are deadly. And this this train, <laughs> this path that we're on, this trajectory that they have got us on, it is one that is extremely dangerous that has to be met with weary and cautious optimism. Cautious skepticism. You see, I wish I could close out this transmission telling you something powerful. But ladies and gentlemen, I feel like we're the ball stuck in the air right now. And as as we're in the air, in that hang time, waiting and seeing things change, a whole new world is being created before us before we even fall down to the ground. And I'm right there with you, ladies and gentlemen, trying to figure it all out, trying to rack my brain around it so that we can navigate it and not get lost. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Resisting Lockdown, The Trace Force, and covid Coercion. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know I went over a lot, as we typically do with these information-packed transmissions, is to give you that deep, comprehensive analysis as far as with what's going on. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of different things we didn't discuss. The food shortages, reopening up, the civil war that's brewing in the country, and more. We were literally only able to get this sliver of the current news. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below, as well as all the other links to the videos and more that were featured throughout this transmission. If you guys have, if you guys have any questions, feel free to email me. Uh, but like I said, ladies and gentlemen, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out.